Hi, I'm Susie Wilson, and this is my podcast, Radical Consciousness and Cleansing, a mystical sojourn through the ancient healing of cleansing from then till now. This podcast is going to take us on a journey of our mind, our body, and our spirit, delving into the depths of what does it mean to cleanse, how we reclaim our health physically, spiritually, and emotionally, so that we can live life to our fullest. Good afternoon, morning, evening listeners, depending on what time zone you are in. Thank you so much for coming back and joining me again today. Today I'm hoping to look at fasting and to give you an inspiration to maybe this is something that you could start to experiment with, start to play with, start to see it as maybe a part of your healing regime. Whether you have come out the other side of an illness, whether you're currently going through an illness or whether you want to prevent an illness, fasting is something that we can add into our life at any of those intervals and get a benefit from really. It's got a bit of a um, a bad rap fasting. It, it gets, it gets um, people get quite scared of fasting. In fact, if I talk about that I'm going on a seven-day water fast, people will go, oh, my goodness, I don't even know how you do that and don't you need food every day and, you know, is that really very good for you? Um, and I guess just just to right at the beginning, right to put it on the table, when I'm talking about fasting, I'm not talking about starving. Um, it's very, very different. So at no point through the fast do I feel like I'm starving myself, that I'm depriving myself. This isn't the this isn't the plan for fasting. When you're fasting, we want to be seen and having the intention that we're providing our body with, in fact, a much needed rest, our digestive system, a much needed rest, and our and our body with much needed nutrients that they can maybe um, get from our fat cells, from other sources in our body, along with um, getting rid of any toxins out of cells that we are um, might may have stored. And, of course, the food that we get, we can get through our reading, our processes, that we, when we start to feed our soul, if you like, when we start to feel better about, wow, this is um, this is amazing, this is making me feel good. In fact, I feel full. So it's, fasting is about um, adding to your body, not taking away. It's not about deprivation. At no point in a fast should you feel deprived. If that's the case, Give me an email and let's let's unpack that a little bit and work out what it is that we need to separate so that you can actually fast in a way that's supporting your body, your mind and your spirit. So I guess fasting I just wanted to touch on so that, you know, we have different types of fasting and to define some of those and to look at how it actually benefits our body and is it something that you may be able to incorporate into your regime at some point somehow. If we're thinking about fasting, typically people go to water fasting, and that's correct. That's a a great way of fasting. But we know that intermittent fasting now is very common, and everyone talks about intermittent fasting. So they might fast for 16 hours or 18 hours and eat for six or eight hours in in that window. So that giving the body the chance to um, repair itself. So one of the things that we like to think about when we're fasting is that or or how our body works, is that when it's in fight and flight or when it needs to digest, it can't rest, yeah? So it can't heal is what I should say. So it can't, 
it can't repair. Once we have food in our system, our body's job is to break that food down into a molecular level to be absorbed through our cells and into our body for our nutrition to re- you know, to to give nutrient to our heart and our lungs and our brain and the rest of our body. So if we have food in there, it can't do that because it's too busy. It's got a lot of jobs to do hormonally, chemically, mechanically. There's a whole lot going on when you've eaten a meal to get that food broken down. And hopefully you're helping that process by doing a good old chew at the beginning of your food so that your body is easier to break that down. So when the body is trying to break this food down, it can't heal. So the idea of fasting is that once we stop the food intake, at least for four hours, um, and and if we can get up to 12 hours, we have autophagy set in. But even for four hours, if we've not eaten for four hours, what will happen is that our body will send in the cleaners, like in our small intestine, and they'll go in and clean up in between our villi, in between in our small intestine to clean away the debris. It's like they bring the sweepers in. Um, after we don't have food in our system for four hours. And this is why often people will talk about, you know, if you're going to fast, fasting during the night is a really good time. So eating before the sun goes down and then not eating again until the sun comes up, even if you started that fast, that's going to just um, benefit your body so much because it's going to be able to clean and repair and rest. And they're like three of the main keys to to wellness and to health um, that we need to have. So once we close that down for four, once we don't eat for four hours, we start to clean up our small intestine um, and then our body can start to repair. And then, of course, the longer we give it, so if we give it 12 hours, then it's going to be doing more and now we can actually start to um Think about ketosis stepping in and autophagy stepping in, and that's where we get rid of the dead cells. We get rid of the dead cells in there that no longer um, are helping us and are making us well. So then what we do with the fasting is um, as those hours progress, we get the ability to um to start to repair more, we start to hop into ketosis. So that means then that the liver now is where we store our glucogen. It's where we normally get our energy from. So we've run out of those reserves. And now it's going to go into our deep freezer, if you like. We're going to go into our body and um, into our fat cells and start to use the glucogen that's been glucogen that's been stored in there. So this is... Um, this is why fasting becomes really important and why it can help with people doing repair. So for me, my journey of coming into fasting really, so while I had done a lot of juice fasts, um, I'd done like chakra cleansing fasts with different juices, with the different colours each day to, um, um, you know, support the different chakra system that I was in or cleansing, the juice fasting, the raw food fasting, I've done a lot of those over the years and it was really when I started to um, go through the cancer journey, I had to think more seriously about water fasting and, in fact, it was a forced fast on me. I wasn't able to swallow um, anything, water, saliva, food. So I feel like it was very much a blessing for me in many, many ways Um so the whole idea of fasting then come out of that and then I would read research papers about the effect of fasting um, on chemotherapy. So if you fast um, for 36 hours prior to your chemotherapy session 
and continue to fast 24 hours after your chemotherapy session, then you have a lot better hit rate with your chemotherapy onto the tumours or, or to the cancers that it's trying to deal with. The reason I believe in this, and, and of course look this up on, on PubMed, but I know that they're doing a lot of research in it because we are getting such better results with the immune staying stronger. So when we fast, obviously, it does give our opportunity for our immune to get strong. So this is then something then that chemotherapy can't, it will be more guided to the cancer cells or not to our strong immune cells, which I think is pretty fascinating, right? So that was the reason that I got into fasting um, originally. It was like, one, I couldn't really eat, and then two, I was reading the effects that if we fast for chemotherapy, we get a better hit rate, a better success rate. And then coming out of that, it was very clear to me in my meditations and my contemplations that I really needed to fast um, at least once every change of season. So I currently do a regime of seven days um, of water fasting at the change of every season, pretty close to. Um, and if you're actually interested in that, I do have a Facebook group that people jump on and come and fast with me, um, and I support you through that. And just be aware that a seven-day fast, whilst it's seven days on water, you know you might spend two days prepping that and you'll spend two days coming off that, maybe with broth or with um, just very simple food. So it might be more like a 10-day fast or 11-day fast. So you want to give yourself time with that. And I'll talk a little bit more about the importance of that because for me, it's not really just about the fast. It's about how we lead in and how we come out. In fact, sometimes I think it's more important than the fast itself. So the fasting allows our stem cells to recover, to regrow it. It allows our dead cells to be cast aside and, and to de de dispersed. And, and I guess, again, while I do fasting, I also um, do cleansing. I also ensure that I'm doing colonics or enemas because, of course, when we have our intake of food, we don't want to, um, you know, we don't have the intake of food happening. So we might have that bulk to go to the toilet every day. However, we will still have debris in there. And to ensure I get into that, that stage of ketosis even quicker, I will um, make sure that I do a colonic the first day of the fast leading up to, but definitely the first and second day of the fast. And that just makes sure my bowel's clean because while I've got matter in my bowel, fecal matter, waste, um, if it's in the sigmoid colon, there's still opportunity for it to be recycling back through my liver. So that means my body's still working. That means my body is still having a break down whatever is in there and I don't want that so I want to jump I want my body to jump into ketosis quite quickly so I want to make sure my body's clean so that um, it's got no debris that it's got to clean up there that it can actually do that so the the, the fasting for me um, whilst you can do it without colonics or enemas it de definitely comes together as a as a team, um, doing a water fast or a juice fast and doing your um, cleansing at the same time. Uh, if you're doing your intermittent fasting or um, you, you're obviously getting your food, so you should be opening your bowels every day. Um, if you are doing your juice fasting, you still, again, um, if you're not having any fibre in that, if you're taking the fibre out of your juice, which I would suggest you would be doing if you are having a, a, a juice fast. And just a, a word of warning on your juice fast, people, like, you know, you don't want to ever want to do any more than 250 calories in a day when you're fasting because it will hop out of your ketosis moment if that's what you're trying to achieve 
Um, so if you do have to have something. So you've got to be careful when you're doing juice fast. You're looking at what, what's your intention about why you're doing that um, because if you're putting a lot of fruit into that, or I even see some people do um, juice fast and <clears throat> at the end of the day they do a, a nut milk type thing with dates and stuff in it, in my mind that's not a fast. You're just having a light meal um, and your body is going to now have to break down those sugars. So you've really put it back to work again because it's as soon as you put that food into your mouth, now all the little um, hormones, your digestive hormones are going to have to come into play and that's going to take your fasting state out. It's not going to allow that to happen because we have to digest as we spoke about before. So when we're doing the water fast, be careful not to, um, sorry, when you're doing your juice fast, be careful not to do a lot of um, uh, fruits in that. If you're doing your juice fast, really, you typically want that to be your greens. So you want that to be your spinach, your bok choy, your cucumbers, um, your celeries. Um, you could maybe do a tiny little bit of green apple, your fresh herbs, your ginger, your lemon, your lime. You want to do those types of things in a, in a juice as opposed to anything sweet. And and that includes your beetroot and carrots. They're quite a high-sugar food vegetable. And once you've taken your fibre out of them, they're going to quite res- respond quite quickly. And that's why if you have a juice, it can give you a pickup, you know, because it's got those natural sugars in there. So there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're trying to get into a fasting state and fasting, then you, you're probably working against yourself there a little bit. So you're juicing fast. And then if you come then into your water fast, why we might do that, um, and and how long we do that for people because we get quite scared of the thought of not having food, right? It's like, oh, my God, I can't last a day without food. Or, you know, you're asking me to commit suicide. I've had people say to me. And it becomes a habit, right? And that's a whole beauty and that's a whole teaching that I give people about learning how to fast um, and, and it's about working up into fasting. So even the week before we fast, I will often say to people, you know, like now we, I want you to practice being hungry. I want you to practice knowing that this feeling of hunger is not going to lead to intimate, intimate death. Like you can be hungry and you'll get through that. And in fact, in fact, what magic happens is if you ride through that hunger, you end up not being hungry. Um, you might have a drink of water. And there's a saying, I think it was Dr. Batman McGelty that used to say uh, most people uh, mistake uh Uh, thirst for hunger so people might feel like they need something and they'll go and eat something where in fact their body was craving for water and that's what we start to experiment within fasting and that's what I find so fascinating because we get to know our body so differently to how we might know it in our eating state because all of a sudden we have time it's like oh my goodness I don't have to shop for meals I don't have to cook food I don't have to think about food. I don't have to prep food. So it's like, what am I going to do with this time? And how does my body respond with that? And I find that fascinating. It's like, we start to get to know ourselves. And I think that this is what makes people maybe mm, a little bit more nervous about fasting is because it's like, oh, you know, I, I, I might meet myself, I might get to know myself just that little bit more. So it's an interesting process, right? It's an interesting thing about going okay, I don't have this time now, so what am I going to do? You might find that you got time to pick up a hobby. You might decide to go for a nice massage. You might decide to go for a nice walk because, of course, because we're fasting is when we have to lie on our back and not do anything. You'll be surprised about the amount of energy you get, particularly after the three days. Um, 
and, and the three days is a time when, you know, the first three days I say to people, and because some people say, you know, can I fast just for three days? And yes, of course, whatever it takes, you can fast for 48 hours or an intermittent, as I said, for 12, um, three, five, seven, up to 21 for 21 days for women and 30 days for men. If you're doing the extended fast, long fast from 21 days or 30 days, I would suggest you do that in the support of someone um, and don't do that at home by yourself, just to keep an eye on where you're going and depending on what you're going in and doing that fast for. If you're doing up to seven days, we can do that at home fairly comfortably and you start to, after, as I was saying, after you get past that three days, it's like the day four is a bit of like your hump day and you start not, you, you don't really feel hungry anymore. And in fact, if you jump into ketosis quicker than three days, you won't feel hungry either. It's more of a, it's more of a feeling of what do I fill up my time with? So now is the time to actually think about, and this is another thing I get fasters to do, is to really think about what is it, what's your attention? Why do you want to fast? Because when we start to think about, oh, I'd love to have, you know, something to eat. I'd love to have, you know, my my vegetarian lasagna or my piece of steak or whatever it is that you eat, you start to get a craving for or your lollies or your ice cream. Why is it that you wanted to fast in the first place? What was the one reason? So you might have had a number of reasons, but really what was the one reason? And be really truthful with yourself because you've only got yourself to answer to. So what is it? Like were you really wanting to lose some weight? Were you trying to fix up your skin? Were you wanting to heal from cancer? Were you wanting to, because you are in cancer, you want to deal with your chemotherapy? Are you a diabetic and diabetic too and want to see if you can reverse that? Do you have an autoimmune and want to see if you can reduce your inflammation? You know, there can be a range of different um, reasons. And I really encourage people before we go into the fast to really write that down and write down your own little, um, you know, your own little mantra, your own little saying that you can put on your fridge or on your wall or on your bathroom door or, or multiple places. You don't need to put it in one place. And just to remind yourself, why is it that you want to fast? The last time for me for fasting was very much a spiritual journey for me. I, you know, as we know, fasting's been going on since the beginning of time, and and a lot of people fast. Um, um, a lot of our yogis and and sages have fasted in the past. It's a time of great silence, and you find that in when you fast. Uh, I find that is that my body goes very silent. Um, it it. it I come back into my own strength and you start to feel that and see that in a different way. And to me, that then is all about connection. So for me, it was about deepening that silence. It was about deepening that connection in my last fast. Um, whereas the ones prior to that was really about uh, really wanting to give my cells an opportunity to be well. And I've got to say, why now I fast without issue? The first fast I did after I'd finished um, chemotherapy, I was very, very sick, vomiting green, to be honest, which doesn't sound appealing or make you want to fast, does it? But I want to show you the um, power of fasting and the and the ability it has just to, because those toxins would never have come off my cells if I didn't purge that. So it's really important to me that, I get as much off as I can and, and help myself as much as I can. So I do did I did do that. Whereas now I don't I haven't vomited um in the last number of times. But yeah, the first couple I, I was purging and I was quite unwell and I did have to lay down in bed for 
48 hours and more, 72 hours, just to get through that that process, knowing my body was removing a lot of medications, a lot of cancer, a lot of sickness. So if you are doing it as a process to heal and support your body through that healing, just give yourself space for, to do that and, and have support, right, because it, it's not something that you have to go by alone, and but it's something that will finish. It's not constant. So if you can ride it through in a way that you, it works for you, um, it's going to be worth it. And I really encourage people to do that. And, again, jump online if you need any support or further questions about that because I feel that that's a very critical point in our fasting. Often people start to feel sick or not great and we immediately think it's not working or it's not good and we want to go stop it. And and I find that sort of sad because that's when the point of change happens, at that point of uncomfortability. Um, it's that point when we jump off that, that the magic is there, right? The magic is always just on that other side. So when we're going through that whole sickness, that's when we're finding and tapping into the magic. That's when we're tapping into the magic of our body to heal, to provide healing and nurturance to every single cell in the body. I do, um, when I fast, I do support my fasting. We have some products that we get made for us by Dr. James Martin, Nutri Resource Centre in the States, and um, it supports the cell um, um, cleaning, if you like. Um, so there's a couple of products that we use, AMPK, System Detox, are two of my favourites that I use, but there's also others that we've developed to come in and just support those cells dumping more. So in the water fast that we do, and if you think about this as a as an option, you can go straight into water fasting. You can go straight into seven days. I suggest you build it up, and I build it up just gently. So start with your intermittent fasting, then go to your 18-6, and then go to your 24-hour, um, and then go maybe to three days. Like really just step it out so that you don't shock your body too much. I really encourage people to make sure that you have got off your stimulants. Um, do that before you even think about fasting. So I'm talking about coffee. I'm talking about high sugar. I'm talking about high caffeine, um, chocolate if you're doing that, or even tea, green teas and stuff if they've got high caffeine in them because the caffeine, when people can get quite sick just from caffeine withdrawal, and that's unfortunate because that's maybe then when they stop the um the cleansing it's like no don't stop keep going because it's it's the important part right it's the it's we want to get that out of your cell because remember we are asking when we're fasting we're asking our body to everything that it's got in that cell so if we've got a trillion cells in us in every cell, there's like a little toxin, right? So we're asking that little cell to open up and dump that toxin. We don't want it there. Or if that cell needs to die and go away and we make a new one, we want that. We want regrowth to happen. So we don't we we don't want anything in there that's going to inhibit that that flow. The fasting, drinking your water, and that's why I also cleansing. Um, with colonics when I'm doing fasting because I just do want that flow to happen. I want all the purging to happen that can happen um, and I'm happy to purge in that time in whatever way that is, you know, whether that's 
through through a vomit or through diarrhea or through a sweat or through a yawn or whatever the purging might be. It could be crying. Um, maybe you're going to hit an emotional part in you. And that's what can happen when we fast as well. And again, I think that's an innate thing that people worry about because we start to work out if you're an emotional eater, we start to see that. We start to actually see our own behavior and about, oh, we might get a bit anxious about something or we might notice a thought coming into our mind and then all of a sudden we want to go for food or for a drink um, and that's just trying to push that down. So we really want to try not to do that. We want to have an awareness of that and I really encourage people, go get a journal, get a beautiful journal and write in your journal each day, write with different colored pens, do pictures, do squiggles. It doesn't matter, but put that into, and don't think that the idea of journaling is not to have any thought about it. It's just to basically let your hand write what it needs to write. If you're not into journaling and if you're a musician, you might play an instrument or you might sing. Letting those emotions come up is the idea. You might go for a walk and let your eyes leak. A friend of mine, a cousin of mine says her eyes leak. Um, and I love that, the eyes leaking. You know, let your eyes leak because that's only not only cleansing to you, but that's cleansing to Mother Earth. In in my um, Aboriginal medicine ways, it's like we want to give that back to Mother Earth because we are one cell of her, remember, um, as I've spoken about before. So we are in her cell and we are removing the toxins within that cell of her so then she can renew and regenerate and us sharing our tears with her um, is also then allowing that regeneration to occur in the most beautiful of ways so that's a nice metaphor to keep in mind about when we're cleansing so that we don't try and keep anything in, whether it's emotions, whether it's energy. The other thing that happens when people fast is that they start to um, energy, you get your adrenaline starts going. Like Because, of course, you think about it um, when our body was made for fasting is that it, it, we're in, we were ready, we were hunting, we were looking for food, so we had to have energy to run after our kill, right, or to go searching for our our tubes or, or our or our grains or our oh sorry our seeds I'm trying to say our seeds and our our things under the ground that we had to dig up um, our roots so we had to have energy for that so you you do find an extra energy that you get with fasting that really does surprise people and in fact for me for the first couple of nights often I don't sleep that well because my body's swapping over it's turning over into this into this next state remembering how to fast and and people would say you know why do we even need to fast we're made to eat and we need to eat and keep our energy up particularly in some um, beliefs you know that they eat six times six times a day to keep your metabolic rate because that's another thing another little fallacy that when we fast we slow our metabolic rate and that's just not true what actually happens what when our metabolic would slow is that we're faster and then we go and eat a whole lot of junk and we've just actually hurt our body so that then becomes a problem and it might appear that our metabolic has slowed um, because we've eaten a whole lot of junk and we don't have the right bacteria makeup if you think about some of the biggest animals um the whale, um, the humpback whale, a massive, beautiful, majestic animal, right? Um, do you know it doesn't eat the whole time it's on migration? So it goes from the Antarctic up to the north across our Australian coast and we get to see it um, in those few months of winter. 
it goes up, has its baby, then it comes back. It doesn't eat that whole time. I find that fascinating. And it doesn't eat until it gets back down to the Antarctic. And then it only eats krill. So the size of this animal and it only eats krill. And I might just put a little um, side note there, actually. Um, there's a lot of people that buy krill um, for their aches and pains. And I ask you to be conscious of buying that because we're actually running out of krill and we will run out of our, our whales, run out of food. They don't have another food source that they can go to. So you might want to think about another anti-inflammatory like ginger or maybe cut down on your sugar or drink more water or do a walk or something like get rid of that inflammation in another way have more of an alkaline diet so that we don't have to use the whale's food because that's all that they've got but they fast for all of this time we have birds that fast and i can't remember the name of this bird but it fasts the whole time that it's in the sky which is for months flying across the world, the globe. Um, so fasting is something that is in nature. And we see seasons because in winter, again, like our bear, our grizzly bear, it goes into hibernation and doesn't eat that whole time. Do you think that's fascinating? So we we don't need to eat all the time. And if we had to think about the times that we were, uh, before we had supermarkets and an abundance of food at our doorstep, and we had to go searching for it, it was very much seasonal. We didn't get food all year round, all of our foods all year round, right? So we had to wait. So not only were we seasonal in our being, we also went without food because there'd be times in great droughts or great floods or just breeding cycles or seasons that we didn't eat. And it's like we've forgotten that. It's like we've forgotten that in our busyness of our, our life, our white noise. But here we are now starting to remember this because as our health goes out of whack, as we're building more hospitals, as we're developing more drugs, uh, um, pharmaceutical going crazy, as we've got more chemicals, it's like our body's starting to remember. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't need to eat. We can rest. We can have deep rest. We can have deep rest and deep silence. And I find that is a beautiful thing that comes out of fasting. And I believe that's what sort of becomes a little addictive, right? That becomes like, yeah, right, okay, I want to do that. I, I want to do that again. So always looking forward to the next fast. And I think that's a good addiction. I don't think that's a bad addiction. So when we're thinking about fasting again and why we do it for our, our health or whatever our tension is, remembering that we're coming in to fast, um, the preparation to that fast so is really important. So I like to talk about the week leading up into our fast, taking away our, any of our stimulants, our sugars, and practising intermittent fasting, practising a 24-hour fast, starting to reduce our food intake so that we're coming down to, you know, maybe just 500, 1,000 calories a day, 500 calories a day. Just reducing, reducing, reducing. So you're starting to get hungry. Now you're starting to understand what this hungry feeling feels like and you know that it's not something to be scared of and you know that it's something that's going to pass. Now you're going to step into your fasting and now you're going to be upping your water intake even more. You're understanding that you're not now going to eat anything for seven days or five days, whatever your choice was. And you actually got that. You've got little plans, though, for the day. So you know that you're going to do a massage on these days. You're going to do a colonic on these days, an enema on these days. 
a facial on these days, a walk on these days, some yoga, some breath work, some journaling. You're going to just do complete self-care to you. You are going to wrap yourself up in self-love and self-care because you are a cell that now needs lots of nurturance. So you are going to do that. Your ego self is going to hop out of the way. Thank you. And we're going to hop back into our soul self and we're going to start to nurture and feed ourselves and nourish ourselves in all of these other ways other than just food. So we do that for the days that we have chosen to do. Remembering our intention, remembering why did we go into this and what did we want to get out of this? Or what did we just want to learn? Maybe we didn't want to get anything out of it. Maybe we just wanted to learn something about ourselves, you know. Maybe we did have, we were an emotional eater and it's like, you know, what I want to learn about my emotions. I want to actually feel the emotion instead of eat because it's safe now for me to feel this emotion. No, it mightn't have been when I was little and so I ate stuff to put it in or when I was in a bad relationship and I ate stuff to put it in the container. But now I don't need to eat it back down. Now I can let it digest. Now I can let it to flow through us. Now I can let it to assimilate into the ethera of the world of the universe and I no longer now need to hold on to this fear. That's the feelings that we're going through as we're going through our fasting. We're starting to get these little insights into ourselves. And then it comes to time to come off our fast. It comes time to start to reintegrate, to refeed. This is such a crucial time because your bugs in there have now had a little party. They've been resorting themselves out. The bad ones have been dying off. The good ones have been breeding. The wall on your colon now is starting to feel a little bit healthier because it's had time to repair. So you've got a whole new little test tube going on in there. So now what do we put back in here? How do we want to feed these microbes? Because what we feed, we breed, right? So um, and we want to think about that really quite consciously. So we typically go into that with just some broth, um, very simple broth to start off with. And then maybe we can have some stewed, a tiny little bit of stewed up or with some yogurt, um, eating it very slowly. Or you might have some vegetable and you will cook it, not raw, because we want to have something that is going to be easily to, to digest. If you have historically had problems with digestion, I really suggest that when you refeed, you start to take enzymes without a really good quality enzyme, because that's going to help your body just to get kick-started. Because we've got, because what you're really doing is you're knocking on the digestive door and going, hello, we're coming back. We want to be digested again and absorb into your body. So can you start to get your your hormones ready and and get your your chemicals ready and your mechanics ready so that you can actually digest and break us down. You might do that for two or three days, very nice and slowly, um, until you get back into the eating plan that you're choosing to go into. Um, And again, be gentle with that. Be gentle because your body has to recalibrate now and has to come into this eating mode. So Think about intermittent fasting as maybe something that you're going to continue to always give your body a rest, whether that's every day or whether that's a 5-2 method, whatever works for you, you know, because really when we talk about healing, when we talk about fasting, it's a lifelong journey. Healing isn't something that you do overnight or take a pill. Healing is a journey that you go on with yourself so that you can live the best version of your life while you've got it here on this earth as 
uh, that you possibly can. It's the best, best, best version of yourself, that most happiest, joyous times that you can have here connecting into yourself. So this is what fasting is about, to help you resync with that in the seasons of your own life. And maybe that will come back and connect in with the seasons of Mother Earth. Maybe you'll find that connection and that bonding there. So now you start to see that this is a journey and it's an ongoing. If we think about how long the waves have been crashing on the ocean, if you think about how long the trees have been dropping their leaves in autumn, if you think about how long the sun's come up and the moon's come up and the sun's gone down, the moon's gone down, it's a forever thing. This is not an overnight thing. This is not something that healing is not one thing and and I guess it should never be, but once you've had a, had a journey with cancer or another disease, um, you start to see the fragility of life. So while our body can be very resilient and very strong it um it's also very fragile it's a paradoxical of our body right of our life is we have such a super strength and a resilience in the body the body can just keep going no matter what i, I find that astounding but it can also be taken just like at a blink of an eye so that's our paradox that we live in and that's the balance that we live in and that's what we want to um promote we want to have that balance. We want to have both of those. We want to see both of those. And and I guess fasting gives us that. So coming into water fasting is such a beautiful experience, people. It's such a beautiful experience to come and, and meet yourself, if nothing else, and to start to hear yourself, if nothing else. And maybe even if you go there to tap into your higher self and, and to the bigger consciousness that we know. So it is a journey that you can go on to find out and to get to know your inner terrain, the the love that you find within yourself um, and your shadows that you find within yourself because fasting, because we don't have any boxes and we're taking the lids off and we're opening the drawers of ourselves, you know, our little shadow selves come out and remember there's something not to be feared. There's something to be respected because they were implemented at a time in your life where they need when you needed them. They kept you safe. They kept you safe. Um, that may not be valid anymore, and that's what you can pull out now and go, well, you know what, buddy, I'm I'm pretty good now. You know, my little self, I've got myself safe. I know how to keep myself safe now. So I probably don't need you to protect me as fiercely as what you have done in the past. So it is a time to come in and work on our shadow selves and maybe find parts of ourselves we don't like. Maybe find moments of ourselves it's like, oh, I really don't like that part of my personality. I really want to work on that. And maybe that's something that you will journal and something you'll look at. So our fasting is a time where we can get to, we have a pause and we start to think about, our shadows and we start to meet our shadow self and we start to find parts of us maybe that we don't like, that we can now adjust because we have a different awareness because we've taken that time because we find that space, we find that stillness. And really that's what that's what fasting is about as well. You know, it's about, and I believe it's what healing is about, it's about space. Um, if we don't have space, then we can't heal. We, we have to have space in our thought, in our blood cells, in our energy, in everything. We have to find a moment. And fasting is a moment in your life that you will repeat over different times, yeah? So that is fasting, my friends. That is fasting. I did want to mention um, whilst uh, water fasting can seem daunting to some people, there is you could make, um, if you're doing it for the first time, um, you can make a vegetable broth and add some seaweed into that for some nice minerals and you could have a cup of that each day. 
Um, and that does help you when you sort of just transition into fasting maybe. And it can also offer your body some beautiful healing minerals if you've made a beautiful vegetable broth, obviously in organic veggies and um, with some seaweed in there um, and lots of greens. So then you get your nice minerals, which is going to really support your body. The fasting then becomes a, a, a way of life for you and a way of healing for you, depending on what you um, are trying to heal. Or it's just a way for you to prolong your health because fasting supports all of our stem cells. It it makes them grow, you know, like it promotes our growth hormone and, and that's the beauty of it. So as we're aging and if we're at the downhill run of our life it's always nice to think that we can promote some stem cell growth and fasting is a very simple and 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 cost-effective way to do that so listeners and maybe potential fasters potential fasters um i hope you've got something out of today listeners it's been great chatting with you today um take a beautiful uh moment to rest and reflect on on whether this is something that you might be able to pick up as part of your journey as part of your healing journey and as part of your getting to know you journey on this thing that i call an earth walk feel the earth beneath your feet the sun on your face and the love in your heart until we chat next time thanks listeners Before we go, if you want more information on radical consciousness and cleansing, head to our website, bottomsupcolonics.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe or follow, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast as this will help others find us and also let you know when the next episode is published. You can also connect with us on our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Bottoms Up Colonics. Until next time, I'm Susie Wilson. Thanks for listening to Radical Consciousness and Cleansing.